Hello and welcome to Quiz Time India. This week on the show we have Adil Aziz. The name of the world's first cloned cat is. I know this, I know this. And you know what? What did Outlook magazine humorously describe it? Robert was tired from writing this one of the best filmmakers there is out there. The character sort of needed a sidekick. And so put on your thinking caps and fasten your seat belts. The show is about to begin. Welcome welcome to Quiz Time India India's first quizzing and trivia podcast. Did you know when trying out a new pen 97% of the people write their own name? Or did you know 90% of everything written in English uses just 1000 words? If you didn't know such literal and non-figurative facts, you have come to the right place the right podcast Quiz Time India. First up to begin the episode I need to thank all the people who have donated to the podcast in the last few weeks Pratyayan Kunal Sudeep Sri Lakshmi Raghvi Ajinkya and also the anonymous users who were kind enough with their money but did not leave a name behind thank you all of you who have been an excellent audience and who have been an excellent supporter of the podcast i couldn't have asked for anything better remember you can support us by contributing to the podcast you can donate to keep the show running you can go to www.instamojo.com/adderitstudio41pod or www.paypal.me/studio41pod we even have a upi id now so you can go check it out in the description Basically you can contribute whatever you like we work on a pay what you like basis no amount is less and every penny counts once again the links are in the description quick shout outs to the two newsletters this content it has crossed more than 250 subscribers and has completed more than 20 editions all of this is for free is your friendly algorithm free recommendation newsletter you can check it out on discontent.substack.com and the other newsletter is the one which is about the game that we love the game that i love which is cricket the newsletter is called cricket quota and it's got a gist of all the cricketing action from around the world if there are cricket matches cricket stories cricket memes anniversaries of great games and performances you will get it all in your inbox for free this week we'll be talking about the 100 what an experiment for this All you have to do is go to cricketquota.substack.com. Once again, the link for both the newsletters is in the description. Now, let us get to some quizzing. First of all, there has been a pending audience question. Ami Guradia was on the show last time, and this was her question. It goes like this. Now behaving like a country this society of people is trying to become the next new country they seceded from a country in 1991 which is the most unstable country the new peoples are relatively peaceful stable and democratic they were once a british colony and the parent country an italian colony other than this difference in colonial heritage little differentiated them When the colonies gained independence in 1960, they unified within a week. 
but after a horrific civil war of the 1980s and after 31 years together these peoples declared independence in the following years the original country collapsed into chaos warring factions fought for control and followed by the al qaeda linked terrorist groups doing the same this breakaway society meanwhile started to build a relatively free and stable democratic system and says that it is a functioning country that deserves recognition name the geographical territory and the correct answer was somaliland thank you all who sent in the answers well done and now to this week's episode this week on the show we have adil aziz adil is a producer and filmmaker from bangalore india his love for art and filmmaking is outranked possibly only by his obsession for board games action figures and pop culture classics he runs the fictionary an ad film music video and film production company based out of mumbai and strives to inspire conversations on identity social structures and the state of our natural environment he is and this might be interesting to all of you he's also one of the co-founders of quiz pro quo fun weekly quizzes for the casual amateur quizzer and on that note everybody welcome to quiz time india Hello and welcome to Quiz Time India. This week as always we have a special guest with us, a special guest with whom we will be trading trivia with, to whom we'll be telling stories and from whom we'll be listening stories and also asking questions and uh, basically doing all the great stuff. Welcome Adil, welcome to the podcast. It's good to have you here. Hi Aditya, thank you. Thank you for having me. Very very excited. <laughs> Awesome. So Adil uh, for you and for those listeners who are joining us for the first time there'll always some new listeners which is also a good thing. The idea behind this podcast is that I have a set of questions with me and you also have a set of questions with you. We both take turns asking each other these questions and basically the objective is at the end of the question we and along with us the audience gets to learn something new something cool something fun which uh, basically opens our horizons and blows our minds over so is that clear adil shall we start yes sir loud and clear loud and clear all right so as is the tradition on the show since i am the host i'll make you feel comfortable and i'll ask the first question the first question for today is a rather simple question and uh, the year is 1904 and i'm describing something which happened in 1904 and uh, these are a bunch of people who are involved in this thing is what i'll call it for now so 1904 one person was using a car one person died from rat poison another person was in dress pants and shoes while doing this activity or this thing another ate rotten apples had muscle cramps and took a nap one had complications because of inhaling clouds of dust also it was this instance when it took the longest time ever to complete this activity what activity were these gentlemen doing so there's something which is being done for a long time since 1904 i mean before that also for that matter but 1904 is a very peculiar year because in that year one person 
was uh, while doing this activity was using a car. Another died from rat poison. One was in fancy pants and shoes. Uh, one ate rotten apples, and uh, someone inhaled a cloud of dust. And it, of course, took a whole lot of time for these people to actually do what they were supposed to do. So, Adil, you have to tell me what activity we were these gentlemen doing. It's specific to gentlemen. You're saying it's not a. Oh yes, so yeah, I yeah. Guess that's a bit of a hint for you there. It is gentlemen. I think I've got it. Ninety nine. It's a marathon, right? I'm assuming like some kind of a sporting decathlon or a or a event of some sort like that. Yes, so you are absolutely correct. Yes. That is exactly what had happened. These are this is a very peculiar marathon which was run in 1904 Olympics. Since Olympics were right now on the corner, so I thought we'll start with the Olympics question. And uh, this was uh, an article by the Smithsonian, and uh, it's quite interesting. It was the first time a Black African actually participated in the Olympics, and uh, one person was chased by feral dogs. The man who wore dress pants and shoes wore so because he lost all his money in gambling while he was in the city and had not eaten anything for 40 hours thus he was also the person who ate rotten apples because he was hungry he didn't have anything for 40 hours and uh, well those apples gave him muscle cramps and uh, he also took a nap while yeah. he was doing the marathon now, this sounds like a marathon that i would love running you know with a lot of rest and <laughs> breaks in the middle <laughs> possibly that is something that <laughs> at least us mere mortals would do i would give up the race halfway through i don't know why he continued but he did continue and uh, the one who used the car in the middle of the race came first and the one who ate rat poison thought that uh, the rat poison was supposed to work as like a performance enhancing drug and uh, it would help yeah, him I... to complete the race <laughs> i actually don't know if he did complete the race <laughs> or not but well that's what they did that was what happened in 1904 olympic marathon amazing excellent, right excellent question <laughs> yeah yeah very cool i'm going to use this somewhere down the line huh? heads up <laughs> Definitely. So now it's your turn to ask a question and the rules stay the same. So I want to start off with something very simple myself as well. And the whole idea behind what we've been doing as a quizzing community is to get and encourage people who are new to quizzing to come on board. You know, there's always that phobia with quizzing, right? That the competitiveness, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. I may not be smart enough. So our goal is to break that stigma and of course not make it too easy. Definitely. Hmm. So my first question to you Aditya is that you probably know that the world's first cloned animal was a sheep named Dolly. Yeah. But do you know what the name of the world's first cloned cat is? I know this, I know this. And you know what? In fact, I came to know about this a few weeks earlier and I in fact used it in one of my quizzes also. And uh, it's such a quizzer's trivia. It's so simple, it's so elegant and yet it is it brings a smile to your face. Uh, since it was a cat and she got copied, it was a copycat, the first correct, cat. Correct, sir. <laughs> Everything that you've described about this question is what attracts me to it. It's such a quizzer's trivia, brings a smile on your face, you know, all of it. It's just so beautiful in terms of just general deduction. That's all yeah. it takes to get through to it. And as you said, uh, normally we have these questions, right? Uh, I mean, that is exactly what I try to do with the podcast also. That's where the story comes in. Because that just makes it relatable to a lot of us. Even, I mean, there are a lot of questions that I would have no idea about. But if you tell a story which sort of makes it relatable, the fact that sticks, people just remember it and it just becomes much more enjoyable. And now, every time you see a 
well talk about copied cats or cloned cats you would know that at least our audience will remember the first cloned cat was called a copycat yes so uh, very much very much i think that's the important factor in any community right the level of relatability that you can bring to it mm-hmm. it gets easier to build from that going forward yes you will definitely love the next question because the oh, next excellent. question is about something as we said relatable yes all of us can relate to it especially us kids who grew up in india i mean all over the world for that matter it is something that we all have encountered and we are talking about one robert record uh, record is spelled as r e c o r d e so robert recorde or robert record is the name and okay. robert i'll just call him robert robert was among one of the most influential mathematicians of his time okay he worked as the royal court physician for king edward 6 and queen mary okay he is known for something he did in his book called the whetstone of wit whetstone of w i t t e okay so he wrote a book called the whetstone of wit and he in that book he did something for which he is known in the book he introduced the concept of gemov lines uh, it is g e m o w e gemov or gemov lines okay and basically what these lines did they prevented him from some exhaustive work Okay he introduced these lines because he wanted to make his work a little easier although it did not gain much popularity as the term ae the letters a and e are uh, welded together okay uh, they are uh, i won't tell you what uh, that term is called so think of uh, small case a and small case e both okay. welded together that term was popularly used and it was a while until Robert records came out lines became acceptable all over the world. So basically in between all of this you have to tell me what concept did he introduce that we all are familiar with. Okay. I'll quickly repeat all the things. So we are talking about one Robert record and he was a mathematician, he was uh, among other things also the uh, royal physician, royal court physician for King Edward 6 and Queen Mary. He wrote a book called Whetstone of wit in which he introduced the concept of gemov lines and his idea was these gemov lines will save him a lot of exhaustive work and it will make his life easier it will make his uh, life or make his work easier although it did not gain popularity back then because there was already a term which was ae the letters ae it was already in wider use and eventually though over time people understood that what robert record had suggested was the best thing to do and slowly everyone around the world started taking notice of it and it became popular and it is now a worldwide common standard of sorts like that is the way you do it that is exactly what it is and uh, to give you some time period whetstone of wit was uh, written in around 1557 So that is a timeline that we are looking at. So it's okay, been a while okay. since then. It's been a long time, okay. Yeah. Oh, drawing sort of a blank here. Although math is an interesting subject, never my my go-to for anything, but I'm assuming that it's something basic arithmetic style. Um when yes. you say AE, when, mm-hmm. when you say AE, is it like how we use IE like that is? Is that what you were talking about? Yeah, that would be an abbreviation. So uh yeah. what I would ask you to imagine here is the small case letter a 
and a small case letter e yeah so, so uh, if you look together, at right? if you look at it an a and a e are sort of like mirror images right correct yes and they are attached together actually this symbol is called a equilis oh that was the name of the symbol a e q u a l i s this a and e attached as you can see even the name starts with a e a k yes understood yeah and that was what it was known when robert wrote the book and uh, robert was tired from writing this particular phrase again and again and as it was widely used in writing mathematical things and he okay. replaced it with gamow lines and that became a standard i think the name kind of gave it away for me uh, when you bought okay. it is it the equal sign the equal logo that we use in like formula like 1 plus 1 equals 2 so that sign so yes you are absolutely correct yes. that is exactly what had happened until 1557 when they had to say something was equal to something else they would write okay. the letter ae which stood for a equalis and that is what it meant an equalis okay and he had to write it down multiple times and he came up with this idea of gamma lines which is just two parallel lines tiny parallel lines which basically meant that uh, what was on the left hand side is also equal to something on that's on the right hand side yeah and robert was quite a prodigy himself he was selected for oxford at a very young age of 14 and uh, at 21 he started teaching there and uh, his earlier work was about urinology and later he switched to writing poems and hymns and in between all of this he did a whole lot of maths and now this is uh, something really i don't know how to put it it's just so bizarre and it's so amazing that the consequence of this one line that i'll say next pretty much changed how we look at world the first yeah. equation ever which used an equal to sign and thus basically became the first equation that we can ever trace back to was a simple equation 14x plus 15 is equal to 71 that was the equation the first time in his notes he decided of stop using ae he made two lines and said 14x plus 15 is equal to 71 and it took a while but now all of us even a, like a 5 6 year not a 5 6 year old kid but yeah i mean a 4 year old kid would know what is equal to oh, sign is what an equal to sign right? i had no idea that there was such an amazing back story behind it i always thought it was one of these things like how the plus sign came about or something like that very interesting i don't know actually how a plus sign came about do you know that No, I'm. On, I, I just, I just assume that it's one of those things that, that somebody had drawn it once, and now we're just following it the rest of our lives. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't know. I'm not sure if there was something behind it, but I'm going to look this up now. Maybe there yeah. is some reasoning behind all what we see in math. Uh, one very quick, quick thing on the previous question: mm-hmm. Did he intend it to be an equal to sign called the Janov lines, or was it something that it became later on? He intended it to be an equal to because earlier he had to write the letters A E Q A. Yeah. So instead of writing it, and because he was doing a mathematical uh, equation of sorts, he was writing it multiple times, and he was doing Lovely, his research. Yeah. So instead of, I mean, just imagine if you're doing a, like a quadratic equation and you have to write one word every time. So he just made it a couple of lines and said, you know what? Th- let this these lines be an equal to sign. You've given me ten standard anxiety by mentioning quadratic. <laughs> Suddenly, I was like, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> how did we solve that? I actually don't remember how did we solve that. I have no idea, man. Like, yeah. not much. Let's point. not go no. there. <laughs> yeah, let's not go there. We'll be okay without it. <laughs> 
This is just a quick reminder that you guys should check out our newsletter Discontent. It is free. We have YouTube videos, we have movie recommendations, we have podcast recommendations, we have music albums and articles, all of it for free delivered right into your inbox twice a week. If you want to subscribe, just go to the link in the description or just right now, just minimize this podcast app. Quickly go to your browser and look for discontent.substack.com and you will find the newsletter. Now, back to your show. So for my next question, uh, so by profession, I'm a filmmaker okay? and mm. film has been something that's, it's been the the standard in my house even growing up. We've we've learned from films, we've grown up on films, it's been a part of my life, my lifestyle even till date. But yeah. So my next question is inspired by what in my opinion is one of the best filmmakers there is out there. Interesting. So we shall call this filmmaker X in this case, right? Yes. So when X was mixing the American graffiti soundtrack, he used one letter prefixes to number the reels and the dialogues of the film. Mm -hmm. So he had dozed off while he was working Mm -hmm. and the sound designer who was with him, who was Walter Murch, that's Mm -hmm. M-U-R-C-H, asked for the second dialogue of the second reel Mm. Saying a particular phrase. X woke up with a jolt. Mm-hmm. Stated that that's a great name. The phrase that Walter had used. He said that's mm-hmm. a great name. And went back to sleep. That particular okay. phrase was later used in one of the most popular films of all time. So identify X. And if you get X, you will get the phrase. So Adil, one day X was driving in his car. And in his passenger seat was an his dog, his uh, loyal dog, an Alaskan Malamute. And at that okay. time, this uh, ex was writing the same movie that you were talking about. And in that movie, there is this character and uh, the character sort of needed a sidekick. And this director X looked at this Alaskan Malamute and he said, I had an Alaskan Malamute when I was writing this film. A very sweet dog. She would always sit next to me while I was writing and whenever I was driving around, she would be sitting in the front seat. An Alaskan Malamute is a huge dog, 130 pounds or so, larger than a human being and a very long head. Having her next to me all the time inspired me to create this character as a sidekick for this another character. And basically, it all comes down to Senor Lucas. And yes, uh, what you talked about was the origins of R2-D2 and what I spoke about was the origins of Chewbacca. Chewbacca, yes, very much, very much. Correct. I I love it. Like if you're a Star <laughs> Wars fan, you're automatically like you and me can sit down and have conversations till the cows come home, man. Like it's... Okay, it's I'm, I'm, okay I'll tell you uh, my uh, Star Wars story. I saw it quite late. I saw it uh, barely uh, a couple of years ago. And... Okay. I saw the first movie, that I mean the fourth movie, New Hope. Correct. And when I saw that, I it was only when I had thought about it that how much of cinema has been inspired by that movie, then that's when I realized how amazing this movie is. Because if you look at, if you watch it now, you'll say, ah, this is normal, yay, good side, bad side, they'll fight. But when you see scenes, when you see shots and you see, oh, all of this came from this one film, it came from this moment, this look this dialogue that's when you realize oh star wars was way ahead of its time or how much star wars has influenced our popular culture it's a cult that's that's the only way you can describe it today it's it's translated through so much through time even in film it's crazy and the special effects especially i think it 
it sparked that revolution to a very large extent because the kind of uh, organic special effects mm. vfx that we call today that they were doing very practical vfx not mm. too much computer oriented vfx which was the rabbit hole that led to where we are today with even something as as you know dynamic as the cinema the marvel cinematic universe mm. so it is crazy i'm so glad that you picked up on the charles <laughs> lucas r2d2 stuff amazing <laughs> yeah it is uh, quite amazing and i mean it is something that uh, you should definitely if you are uh, listening to this go check out one of the star wars movies uh, start with the uh, four i actually not seen the prequel trilogies i started once but i fell asleep no, <laughs> no. and i i basically like got a gist of what happened in the prequel trilogy and i got to the present day trilogy the ryan johnson and jj abrams trilogy and i saw the last movie in theater so that was like yay I'm almost okay. there, <laughs> but no, you need to. You really need to see the. the- I saw Jar Jar Binks, and I was like, "Yeah, I've seen enough." <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. That's oh, a joke. No. I'm nothing. I'm nothing against Jar Jar. He's a nice person. <laughs> no, no, no. This is again one of those things that translated through pop culture. It's yeah, he yeah. is one character. <laughs> All right. Uh, now moving on to the next question. One quick shout out before we move to the next question. I really want you all to check out Cricket Quota, the new newsletter that we've started about the game we love that is cricket. The biggest stories, nostalgia, well, lots of nostalgia about the game, memes of the game, videos of the game all carefully curated. Check us out at cricketquota.substack.com. Subscribe to the newsletter to get all this cricketing action straight to your inbox for free. And now, back to your show. and the next question is well we come back to uh, real life from the world of fantasy but as always real life is at times more bizarre than fantasy so europe had eurovision right so every year yeah. uh, all these uh, countries would uh, from across europe would come uh, you know about eurovision wese yes yes very much yeah the song contest right yes yeah so that's what europe had uh, each country would nominate one act or one artist or one band and they would go and perform at eurovision and then there would be a poll and uh, things like that and basically there will be judges and points would be given and one person would win so that is what europe had and this is during uh, the soviet era the soviets also wanted to do something similar so they created intervision now the intervision song contest was a song competition which involved participants from the member states of the soviet union and uh, basically uh, soviets saw how popular eurovision was going and they said you know what we'll create our own eurovision we'll call it intervision the year was 1977 and it was uh, pretty much set up by the soviet union but surprising for uh, something soviet it had a voting feature where people people ordinary people like you and i could vote for their favorite participants now i must remind you that the year is 1977 and phones were very expensive at that time and also only a few people had them mostly phones were limited to government offices using mail slash post would take too much time but they wanted people to vote so the directors of the show wanted voting by any means and in that you know thought process that we want them to vote somehow they came up with some of the one of the most ingenious methods of voting can you tell me what method is this 
let me tell you there is not much in the question that will lead you to the answer except for that it is some form of voting but it is the most ingenious form of voting you can imagine so uh, if you have a guess go bizarre go all over the place because this is really amazing i'm absolutely drawing a blank here i have no idea because i was going to initially like a very no guess any mm-hmm. voting but then you told me that you hinted it that there is no voting system there was no telephone system at the time that was easily accessible mm-hmm. so i'm really unable to to figure this uh, any clue yeah, that you can think with? yeah let me uh, just uh, try to give you a clue it is again as i said it is really bizarre way of doing it and if you think about it it is quite an ingenious way of doing it so basically everyone is at their homes right and they are watching tv and they have to vote somehow they have to do something which will communicate to the government because this is a government run show so they have to somehow communicate to the government instantaneously that what their vote is so what could they do from the comfort of their homes that could be like an instant message back in the day turn their tv off i don't know <laughs> okay so yeah so you are sort of in the right line of uh, basically answer okay, okay okay if they turn their tv off then maybe they wouldn't be able to watch the rest of the show maybe sure, they did correct. something else on those lines so it was live tracking right it wasn't like a delayed voting system it would be no it was live tracking yeah live tracking okay uh the soviet era mm-hmm. something on the lines of turning the tv off yeah 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 that was a very good guess actually you it's sort of in the same vicinity you're in the vicinity is what i'll say my thinking is basically when you turn the tv off you lose a viewer on the trp rating i don't know if they yeah, but, uh, yeah i don't think trp yeah. was a thing yeah. back then exactly okay but so you are right else. you are right uh, they would do something and they would track it and hence they would figure it out okay who got voted for or things like that turning the power off like in that line but then how do you track it even then wait if you turn the power off nobody can track it mm-hmm. oh, what else can it be okay should i give you the answer for this unless you want to have another crack because you're really close i would like really to take close. another crack okay you're like really to take close you're really close yeah, okay i'm really close all right okay okay uh okay let me give you a tiny hint okay lovely they didn't switch off things they didn't switch off the light they switched them on oh okay so was it no but then how do you mm-hmm. so i'm i'm assuming that this would have been a popular show and mm-hmm. back in the 70s if a lot of people turned their lights on there would have been some kind of fluctuation like how the british girls have the, the tea time mm-hmm. thing um what is the british tea time thing uh i'm a little vague in my memory but i can recall it apparently there was a uh, it it was called the tea time power surge or something to that extent mm-hmm. wherein during matches especially football matches and, and uh-huh. uh, cricket matches at the time electricity board would have to deal with a power surge because when there would be an advertisement for example mm. or there would be a break everybody would get up and turn on their kettles for tea or turn on some other appliance at the same time mm. which the electric board could not hold that capacity together uh-huh. because it would be something that happened at the same time so they would have to plan during matches and during events and shows to account for that extra surge So when you say turning lights on that's the first thing that, that is that mind. is actually what exactly happened. Okay but how do you then decide who's the vote going to though? So they so what the uh, Russian authorities they did the Soviet authorities did they knew what is the usual consumption of electricity at a certain time. 
Okay. And when a certain person's performance went out, what they suggested to the people was switch on all your appliances. And for the performance, the most appliances would be switched on and they would get a spike because the load would go high. And for whom the load went the highest, that meant that those many people were in, uh, you know, in favor of that person winning. And that is how they decided who would win. Basically, everyone had to switch on their appliances and at the Bijliga center, they would see, okay, this person has got so much votes and hence there's so much load on the grid. That is how they calculated in real time. Ingenious. That is ingenious. It does have, like, in my hope, like, if I know that if I were watching something growing up and if I turned on all the appliances of the house, my dad would have just... <laughs> you know, he would have given me a beating and sent me out. Forget TV, like... <laughs> So that is uh, Yeah, that's 90s kids will remember that. <laughs> <laughs> cannot able to bro. You cannot. Turning on appliances uh, was a big no-no growing up. <laughs> yeah. And imagine, that's what the entire like Soviet Union was doing that. All countries wow. and countries of people were just switching on their lights and fans and what they have like toasters just so that there would be a spike and then they, they would calculate support. Yeah, to their favorite performance. That is very cool. That is very cool. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> now it's uh, your turn to ask me the next question. Okay. So I'm going to transition from film because mm-hmm. my love to something else that I'm super passionate about, which is wildlife. Okay. And this okay. could, this transition could be your first clue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to list out a bunch of animals, four of them specifically, five of them specifically, actually. And I just needed to tell me which is the odd one out and why. Cool. Okay. Okay. So we have the black bear. Okay. The black panther. Mm-hmm. The Bengal tiger. Mm-hmm. An orangutan. Mm-hmm. And a wolf. A black bear. A black panther. Yes. And uh, an orangutan. Yes. A wolf. And which was the uh, one which was missing? The Bengal tiger. Bengal tiger. So one of them is not like the rest. I will tell you which one and why. Yes. Uh, this has to do with the animals and not uh, with their uh, like names or, you know, not yeah, like no, no, no. Bengal is a, tiger is Soro Ganguly. We don't have to go into those directions. No, right? no, no, no. These no, no. Have it is to something to do with the animals itself. I can give you a clue. Is it to do with their uh, name and uh, what uh, color their uh, fur is? Something? No, 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 no nothing okay. like that. I can give you a clue which maybe will point you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Think of a situation or a scenario where these five animals would be seen at the same time. Where would you have normally seen them? Okay, uh, one second. Now, let me just quickly write these down. It'll help me sure. Uh, sure, sure. figure it out. So there is a black panther. Correct. A black bear. Correct. A royal Bengal tiger. Yes. A wolf. Yes. And, and an orangutan. I have one theory, but I don't know how they will fit into that theory. Okay. But uh, is this related to a movie slash book? Yes, sir. You're on the right track. Very much. Then I think then I know what you are talking about. Uh, these are if... Uh, what was his name? Jan Mantel or no? Um, forgot his name. The author of Life of Pi. The author? No, you're on oh, the right no. track but the wrong movie. Oh, I Wrong thought this movie was slash book. So this was, uh, you know, in Life of Pi, uh, when Pi is saved, 
there is this story that he is with a royal bengal tiger and before that there is the orangutan and uh, there's uh, that's why i said a wolf doesn't fit into the picture no you are on the right track when you mm. when you're thinking of fiction in terms of a book and a movie but you're yeah, in the yeah. wrong movie <laughs> there are there isn't much though if you just mm. you you can put it together there isn't much more that you can so is it uh, has this movie been done in animation yes very much uh-huh. and then uh, later on a live action version as well ha uh, so we are talking about mogli and his friends yes so uh, there is a black panther which is our bagheera correct there is a bengal tiger which is sher khan i'm assuming sher khan was correct. a bengal tiger correct uh there is balu yes so that's the black bear there is an orangutan also if i'm not mistaken i think between the yes. wolf and orangutan king i think Louis. there is a, King Louis. Yeah. King Louis. So the yes. one left is a wolf. Then there is a wolf in the story as well called Akila. Oh, that's his mother. Yes. So who's the odd one out then? You're you're <laughs> there. You. There is another reason why there one of this is an odd one out. Uh, I'll give you a clue. So the uh-huh. author of the book, Rudyard Kipling, mm-hmm. was a huge wildlife enthusiast at the time. Mm-hmm. He has based all the characters in the book. in the book specifically on animals that he knew were native to the country aha uh-huh. but something didn't translate into film one of the things that he had done or rather something extra was translated into film so is it something like uh, we had uh, instead of an orangutan we had a langur or some form of thing no no not something so no no not at all let me let me think so this some uh, which is something which has happened between the book and or did he not uh... remember that this is a wildlife question so it has something to do with the animals themselves okay the fact that rudyard kipling based his book in sioni if i am not mistaken which is an mp and okay. you won't find a royal bengal tiger there i'm just uh, you like you do find bengal tigers oh. in mp yeah okay. yeah <laughs> i'm just like clutching <laughs> but again right train of thought wrong animal so which very, animal very correct train of thought yeah Shall I tell you? Is is the fact that we can't? Uh, no, we have black panthers in India. We do. Yes. We might have a few of them, but we do have black panthers. I remember a picture which was clicked a few years ago in Karnataka. It got very famous. Yes, by Saad Jung. A wolf is, yeah, a wolf. Do we have wolves? Yeah, we have wolves in India. Do we have orangutans? In, but why would he keep a orangutan then? Okay, uh, can you tell me the answer, or if you can give me a hint? Uh, hint. So again, you touched on it and you moved away from it just now. You're on the absolute right track. Uh, I think I'll give you the answer here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The orangutan is not uh, native to the Indian subcontinent. Aha. Uh-huh. And thereby, King Louis, the character, did not exist in the book. Okay, and that's only in the movies that we It's see. It's only Louis. in the movie that Disney bought him in, primarily for comic relief, because that's what Achha. the character wanted to to create, and they. they went with a creature that was not in the books first of all and wasn't native to the indian subcontinent at all aha uh-huh. because rudyard kipling's idea behind the jungle book was to instill what do you call it, the love for wildlife and animals in india hmm. at a younger age okay one of these inspirations behind the book that book so or the orangutan oh. for example was not part of the subspecies here mm. where are uh, orangutans normally found is there a like do you know There are Southeast Asia orangutans. There are orangutans found in various parts of uh, Africa. Africa, I don't know, but Southeast Asia, I'm confident that there are. Uh huh. So they are native to that little more, how do you say, west. 
Oh yeah. Uh, I just uh, actually looked it up on the internet. Uh, the name Orang Utan means man of the forest in the Malay language. And uh, wow. they are a great apes native to the rainforest of Indonesia and uh, Malaysia. They are now found only in parts of Borneo and Sumatra. Correct. So they're not yeah, they're not yeah, native yeah. to the Indian subcontinent. Subcontinent and okay, I didn't know King Louis did not exist in the book. No, no, he's absolutely not there. <laughs> ah. That's interesting. That's an interesting question. Thank you for that. Thank that you, thank uh, you. Thank TIL you happened. <laughs> so uh, now uh, we move to the last question of today's show. And Adil, uh, how we do it is the last question is for the audience. So you have a question with you. You get to ask that question to our audience. And the audience can later send in the answers over social media, over Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we are at the Red Podcast Studio 41 or uh, the Quiz Time India handles on Instagram and on Facebook. So they can send in the answers there. And then we pick one winner from the people, the list of people who send in the answers. So Adil, the next question that you'll be asking will be for the audience. So please ask your next question. Lovely. So very interesting one for you guys. Um, simple again. What did Outlook magazine humorously described as the biggest sex change operation in independent India. That's it. That's my question. I think I did. Yeah, that is great. I'm repeating. What did Outlook magazine humorously describe as the biggest sex change operation in independent India? Uh, And if you could give them a timeline, that would be uh, great. Uh, Like approximate timeline. I think this millennium itself, right? Yes, this millennium itself. Correct. Yeah. All right, so that is the answer. That is the question, sorry. And uh, you can send in your answers to us, as I mentioned, on uh, social media, on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, if you want to get in touch with us at Studio 41 or Instagram and Facebook on Quiz Time India. And with that, we come to the end of this episode. Adil, it was an absolute pleasure to chat with you, to quiz with you. Thank you very much for having me. This is my first podcast ever and I was quite nervous, but you've been a beautiful guide through this entire process. I'm very appreciative. And thank you for the QTI podcast as well. A lot of us, are, you know, we, we learn so much through quizzing and the idea is to propagate a quiz culture. Yeah. So thank you for being a soldier in that. In that <laughs> All right. So with that, we bring this episode to an end. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining in. We will be back hopefully next week. So with that, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for your time. Thank you for my night. And that brings us to the end of the episode. The podcast was hosted and produced by me, Aditya. The questions were researched and said by Anisha, Hisham, Keshav, Rishabh, Madhavan, Binayak and Ananda. This episode was edited by Pranjal Gupta. Basically, big props to everyone who came together to make the show. Remember, you as an audience can support this show by contributing to the podcast. You can contribute via Instamojo, you can contribute via PayPal, you can contribute via UPI. All the links will be in the description. Contribute whatever amount you like. No amount is less and every penny counts. If you're confused, what is a good amount? Well, it's up to you. You can buy us a coffee, you can buy us a biryani, you can buy us a five course dinner it is entirely up to you links are in the description that will be all for today thank you so much take care of yourself until we meet again goodbye